It's Tuesday, September 25th, 2018. I'm Herbie Newell, and this is the Defender Podcast, a daily encouragement to mobilize and equip the body of Christ to manifest the gospel to orphans and vulnerable children. This daily podcast is a ministry of Lifeline Children's Services, and I'm coming to you from Birmingham, Alabama. Well, on Friday, uh, we will celebrate as a ministry our 37th anniversary. Uh, Lifeline was founded on September 29th, 1981 by John Carr and Wells Goebel. And the Great Commission found in Matthew 28, 19 through 20, we know is not relegated to a select few Christians, but it's a command for us all to spread the gospel. And neither is James 1, 27, a command that's relegated to a select few, but it's a command to care for orphans and widows to all of Christ's followers. And so in light of God's call and their passion for the value of life, Wells Goble and John Carr open Lifeline Children's Services. And so today on the Defender Podcast, I thought we would take the opportunity to talk with Lee Ann Parker, who is the Vice President of Social Services for Lifeline Children's Services, and Jana Lombardo, who is our Eurasia Program Director, because they have been at Lifeline both for over 20 years and have history that uh, can take us back to the days uh, almost 37 years ago today that Lifeline opened up for the first time. So Leanne, talk a little bit about Lifeline's beginning, how Lifeline started, and what that original vision was of the ministry. Okay, well, you know, it really kind of started with Save a Life, uh, our crisis pregnancy center here in the Birmingham area. And uh, Wells Goebel started Save a Life, and then began to hear from the counselors and from the staff at Save a Life that women wanted to place for adoption and that they wanted Christian homes for their families, but that there wasn't anybody who would guarantee that the home chosen for the child would be Christian. So hearing that, uh, Wales put an ad in the paper and was looking for a social worker to write a policy manual, and submit an application for licensure for a child-placing agency that would be uh, fundamentally Christian and would be evangelical. Mm -hmm. And John Carr was sitting at home on uh, Sunday after church, and he was clipping coupons, and saw the ad and contacted Wales. Mm -hmm. And the two of them met and talked and agreed that Mr. Carr would be the right person to go ahead and write that policy manual and get that license filed. And Mr. Carr took a year without any pay and pulled from his retirement Mm -hmm. so that he could write that manual and write the program documents and get everything ready for licensure. And uh, he filed the license then that summer of 81 And we were granted our license on September 29th. Wow. And so talk about that original vision of Wales and Mr. Carr and how you saw that manifest itself in the day-to-day workings of Lifeline back in the 80s. Yeah. Um, I remember my uh, first day walking in the office and the first thing we did was head back to prayer. Mm. And we sat there as a staff every morning and we prayed. And sometimes we prayed for 
salvation for birth mothers. Sometimes we prayed for safe deliveries. Sometimes we paid, prayed for the next payroll. Uh, it has always been a ministry founded on prayer every day. And a true burden for the gospel and to get the gospel delivered to birth mothers. Sometimes we have the opportunity with putative fathers. Um, sometimes with families that contact us uh, for related services that may not be Christians and we're able to deliver that gospel. It, it, we have, through the years, always remained true to that very original calling to deliver Christian homes to um, children of birth mothers who would who value that and desire that for, for their children. Amen. And actually in 2013, we all got to see the 1,000th domestic adoption. And it was beautiful because the, the mom who was adopting had been adopted through Lifeline and was adoption number 19. So you had this yeah. young lady who was adopted at birth, domestic adoption number 19, who is now adopting the thousandth child through Lifeline. And so as the ministry just continued from those earlier days, you know, Lifeline saw a need to provide also a focused resource for women in crisis pregnancy. So in 1984, Lifeline Village Maternity Home opened in Pell City. Uh, as a ministry arm of Lifeline Children's Services, Lifeline Village offered a home environment for women who were facing a crisis pregnancy or considering adoption as an option. Uh, women still today can receive housing and physical care while also receiving resources, professional counseling, and information to assist them in making an informed decision regarding their plan for parenting or adoption. And in 2016, we moved Lifeline Village to Tuscaloosa to be in a more urban area to give opportunities for these women. And today, what's neat is we have five women who are making their residence at Lifeline Village and a waiting list, maybe for one of the first times, of about four ladies who are waiting to get into Lifeline Village. And so it's that ministry, that ongoing ministry, that's been the heart of Lifeline to make the gospel known, to see discipleship happen. And so as the Lord continued to open hearts and doors, Lifeline mission it, it expanded to include intercountry adoption from China in 1999. Uh, the very first Lifeline adoption from China was completed uh, by the Settle family, and they brought home a little girl named Kara Lee. And God has continued to open uh, more doors in 2003, Lifeline international program expanded to include our Eastern European program in the country of Ukraine. And programs have begun to grow and we've seen unadopted explode as we're also not just caring through adoption internationally, but we're caring for those that uh, have been unadopted. And as of today, Lifeline's international programs include 25 countries on five continents, as well as foster care and family restoration and other services here in the United States. And so, Jana, you actually started at Lifeline as a birth mother counselor. Actually, both of you kind of did. Mm -hmm, we did. And uh, you have visited girls at Lifeline Village, but you also had the opportunity in 03 to pilot that first family to Ukraine. Mm -hmm. Just talk about the changes you've seen over the ministry since you started in the 90s until now. So I had um, the opportunity to begin work at Lifeline as an intern. In 1992, and the first day I walked in, my dear friend sitting right beside me, Leanne, uh, was my supervisor for that summer. 
she and I became uh, fast friends and co-workers together and just serving birth, birth moms and working all over the state of Alabama. It was just the two of us at that time. And we would drive all over to Mobile, to Dothan, to Florence, to Huntsville to, to meet the needs of these birth moms. And uh, we shared in that together. We supported, you know, one another in that together. And it's been neat to see us be able to, to recruit and to have more staff in the North Alabama area, uh, South Alabama uh, area. And so um, that's just been a real joy to be able to, to watch that growth and to um, birth mother counseling, um, foster care, um, and being able to even be part of opening international adoption programs. Um, one of the neatest things that's going on here right now at Lifeline is that we have a young lady who was adopted from Ukraine when she was a teenager. She's been in the States now uh, about 10 years, and she's now on staff with Lifeline. And it's just been neat to see her growth uh, coming from a very hard place and being able to watch her and see her grow and blossom. But just some some really great memories of those early years and the first location we were in. We all, the staff who was of about five at that time, uh, now we're over 120, 20. What, 20, something like that. Uh, we all shared one computer and um, we all took turns and, and had to share that one computer. And we physically had a book that we called a black book. It was a big binder that we just kept records of all of our adoptions in and the details of those adoptions. And um, it's just, we've grown with technology. We've learned new technology. And um, just seeing Lifeline just truly still focus on the gospel. I think, you know, one of my greatest memories of Lifeline is Mr. Carr. And Mr. Carr serving women like he did, serving us as a staff like he did, he and his sweet wife, uh, being able to support us and be there for us and knowing that we could talk to him, you know, about anything. Um, just such a great example in a, of a ministry and of truly the body of Christ that we do feel here at Lifeline. We feel like we are a family because we are the body of Christ. And so it's it's just been uh, a, an honor to be part of all of those changes that have taken place over the years. And I remember even to that same vein, the first day that I started at Lifeline, uh, there was only internet on one computer. Yeah. And I remember from where I was coming from at a pretty large mm -hmm. regional accounting firm, where we all had our own laptops. Even in 2003, we all had our own laptops and ways to get on the internet. Mm -hmm. I was like, how in the world? Everybody had their slot to go check their email. And so the Lord has truly taken mm -hmm. us a long ways. And, and that's not even uh, the, the work of any man's hand, but truly the Lord in the way that he has directed those steps. And, you know, Jana, I think even when I started the summer of 2003, we, we saw uh, a little boy come home for the first time from Ukraine. And we've seen that country and that program continue to grow and blossom. And it was Ukraine where we actually started unadopted mm -hmm. and had one of the first unadopted camps in Ukraine. So the ministry has just continued to, to grow and the Lord has continued to give us opportunities. I, I even think uh, the funny story about how Hungary started and we get a call from a man who says he wants to work with us because we are definitely the best 
agency in the United States. And so, of course, we're like, oh, yeah, of course, we're the, the best agency. And it turned out that he had gotten a, a list from the State Department and they had alphabetized by state the Hague accredited <laughs> agency. So we were at the top being in Alabama and the, the only or the, the first in the alphabet Hague agency in Alabama. So both of you. Uh, we talked about started off as birth mother counselors, but just Leanne, you and then Jana, talk about just all the different roles and the hats that you've played here and how each role is important and vital to the health of the ministry. Yeah. Um, the, the role of birth mother counselor is just really challenging. And I don't, I don't know that I knew what I was getting into, but I knew the Lord wanted me here. And that was the spot that was open. And I, I just prayed to the Lord to let me have this job. And, and he gave it to me. Mm-hmm. And uh, when I started, I was going out to Lifeline Village and um, visiting with the house parents and the birth moms and um, providing some support to doctor's visits and such. And did that for 10 years. And then transitioned into domestic adoption home studies then into international home studies, and have since then uh, developed more of an administrative and oversight position here. Uh, But it takes everybody doing the job to get the overall job done. Uh, Every person who performs a service here is essential, Mm. from the administrators to the assistants, to people like me who sit behind a desk and nobody even really knows what I do. (laughs) Uh, You know, parents are helped, but they don't know that I'm there either um, advocating uh, for a change in state regulations or appealing decisions at a state Mm -hmm. level or even at the level of Department of State and trying to make a way for families to get to their children. Mm -hmm. So uh, it, it takes uh, a lot of uh, seen and unseen things to make the whole thing work. Yeah, so Jana, talk about the different roles and positions you've played. Well, I've, I've played just about every role that you can um, here at Lifeline. I started off doing um, domestic uh, home studies for families, and um, some of those are still so vivid in my mind after all these years, um, and then quickly rolled into the role of birth mother counselor. Uh, Did that for six years, and then I was uh, thankful and blessed enough to be able to work part-time for Lifeline for the period of time that my children were very young. Um, So I did a home study here and there, and I did post-adoption visits here and there. Always kept my license up, and then uh, when my youngest was about three, I became a uh, part of our international team and doing international home studies and quickly uh, became um, the overseer, director, if you want to call it, of the Ukraine program. Um, and so from there, we've added um, a total of eight countries in our Eurasia program, um, seven of those in Eastern Europe and the other country being Kyrgyzstan. And I've had a role to play uh, in developing each of those countries. So I have the the honor now of being able to lead a small team uh, that we work in these countries. Um, 
And I, and, I, and I agree with Leanne so much that it's such a team effort. I think one of the things I love so much about what I do is being able to work with our teams who are on the ground in these countries, building relationship with them. They're not all believers. So being able to talk about mm-hmm. Jesus and why we do what we do and why our families are able to go and stay in a country for six weeks or why our families are able to handle hard news um, with grace. Um, it's because of, of our... Our, our back to the, our prayer every morning, you know, and, and, and being established firmly in the word and, and in the gospel. And I think, you know, with what I'm able to do is just those relationships with our teams on the ground and even families that I've been able to have relationships with, you know, over all these years. It's it's very special and a unique place to be. And I, I really wouldn't wouldn't trade that for the world. Mm-mm. So both of you, just as we kind of close, uh, love just to hear maybe a favorite moment or even a funny story uh, or funny memory that you have. Certainly, we talk about we have 120 plus employees now, but there have been lots of different personalities that have come through here that we've been blessed by. Everybody unique. But if there's just a, a memory, even maybe an impactful memory or something that is more funny. What what's some what's a takeaway? One takeaway that you could give us today on this thirty seventh anniversary. I like to joke that when uh, I first started, we could all get in one car and go to lunch. <laughs> <laughs> we didn't ask, you know, who's driving. You know, Mister Carr's driving, mm-hmm. and uh, Chuck's gonna sit in the front. Uh huh. And the lady's gonna sit in the back seat. And we're all gonna go to lunch. Yeah. Yeah, probably just a meet and three that Mr. Carter wanted to to take us to that day. Yeah, yeah. I think Leanne and I, as we worked um, with birth moms, there were always some unique stories and and things that we can dwell on. But I do remember one vividly, and um, it was a sweet birth mom who didn't have a ride home from the hospital. And so I was able to take her home, but she had locked herself out of her out of her place and Back then, we were dressed up like almost kind of Sunday dress, you know, with the, with the dresses and all on. And so I had to crawl through that birth mom's window to go unlock her door to let her in. And, you know, I think about that and we can kind of laugh about that because that is kind of a funny memory. But it was such a blessing to that. It was just such an she didn't have anybody else. And that's sometimes mm-hmm. things that made me sad. But I can look back on that and knowing you know, that was the least I could do for that sweet lady who placed her baby for adoption and blessed a family, you know, to, to have a child. And so those are some some funny things that we can go back and just think through uh, of the times that we, we've spent together and, and worked together as a team through through those things. Yeah. And God has been so gracious. And there's so many more stories that we could tell, both from the funny time when uh, Leanne switched twins in the hospital or switched babies in the hospital uh, to impactful times where we've seen life change and uh, men, women, boys and girls, their lives impacted for the sake of the gospel. And, you know, there's so many stories that only the Lord could write uh, and they would not have been possible without first and foremost, starting each and every day with prayer on our knees, dependent before God, but also the faithfulness of our brothers and sisters, faithfulness of, of folks like you who have partnered with the work of Lifeline, maybe through uh, adopting a child or maybe by being a foster parent or maybe just by your financial support of the ministry. And the reality is there are still so many more stories to be told, so many more stories to be written this year in 2018 as well and as beyond 
however long the Lord would allow this ministry to be used for his glory and for his gospel. There are women, there are families, and there are children yet to be reached with the care and the hope that they need in the gospel of Christ Jesus. So we believe that we have been called uh, as his body to step into that gap. And so we are honored and blessed that the Lord has given us 37 years of fruitful ministry, and we are excited to see what he will do with the future. Well, thanks for listening to the Defender Podcast. For more information or to connect with me, please visit HerbieNewell.com. To partner with Lifeline, visit LifelineChild.org. Follow us on Twitter, Instagram, or Facebook by searching for Lifeline Child. You can email us directly at info at LifelineChild.org. Beloved, will you allow God to use the gospel through you to impact the life of a child? Please contact us because we are here to defend the fatherless. We'll see you again tomorrow for the Defender Podcast.